I want to give you an overview, overview of what you're going to learn. At the parsha of this week is Kitisa. The main part of the parsha is the sad story about the golden calf. Now, let's give you a timeline. When, when was the golden calf? The Jewish people left Egypt and Pesach. And for 50 days, they were getting closer to Mount Sinai and even closer. And they were about and they and came Shavuos 50 days later. And Shavuos, God came down himself, fire and smoke and all of this to Mount Sinai. And the Jewish people heard the whole nation heard the Ten Commandments. Everybody was there. Everybody was there. The old Jewish people were there. Then they, uh, that was an unshavuous. God said the Ten Commandments only. Then 40 days passed. Then um, what happened is Moses told them on the day of Shavuos that he's going up back to Mount Sinai to receive in writing what God just said. The two tablets were the same thing, the Ten Commandments unwritten, engraved on stone. Then first God said the Ten Commandments. Then Moses went up to the mountain for 40 days to receive it in writing. Why I make a point of it? Because in the holy movie of the Ten Commandments, with Charles, what's his name? Charleston. Charleston Heston. Charleston Heston, whatever his name is. <laughs> in this movie, they twist. One second, one second. Gentlemen. One second. In the movie, um, they, it's like Moses receives the Ten Commandments, the saying together with the writing, with the, with the stones, while the Jews are, are having fun somewhere in the back doing the golden calf. It's not true. The old Jewish people were at Mount Sinai with God, said the Ten Commandments. Then Moses turned to the Jewish people, says, I'm going up to the mountain. It's like a huge volcano, huge volcano. Everybody runs away from a volcano. Moses goes in, he disappears into the volcano, and he tells them, in 40 days, I will be back. He left on Shavuos evening before sunset. He did not include the day that, they le that he left. He, he said, you should start to count from tonight, you know, from sunset, the Jewish day, according to the Jew Jewish law, the day starts from sunset. He said, from tonight, you count 40 days. The Jews counted the day too, the day that, that he left as a day. According to their calculation, 40 days passed. Moses is not here. Oh, he got all woke up. You know, Jewish people are always a little on the edge and they and they're a little paranoid, as we all see from today's world. <laughs> then it was the same thing there. Oh, what happened to Moses? He probably died. Who knows what happened to him? That's what they said. He died. Lawyer Dan We don't know what happened to him. Therefore, that's how the whole story of the golden calf evolved. They came to Aaron, they told him, let's make a golden calf. Let's do something. Aaron says, okay, bring me your gold. He took the gold, he threw it into the fire, came out a golden calf. It was a huge disaster. Within this 12 hours, between the, 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 not even a full day, that Moses had to come back, they already accomplished to create a golden calf and to worship him. And only then Moses can come. It's all about one day too quick, rushing into saving humanity. Who is going to be our connection with God? What's going to be now? Oy vey. Who is going to tell us what God wants? We need a God to tell us. We need a leader to tell us what is happening. And they made a golden calf. It's the, it's the Egyptian, um, what is it called? The guys, the, the, the guys who, who made, who, who made the, the 10 plagues in Egypt, the magicians who made, you know, whenever Moses made, made the plague, the first few plagues, Moses turned water to blood, they turned water to blood. These magicians, when the Jewish people left Egypt, actually, they actually, um, they actually uh, left Egypt too. They joined the Jewish people, the riffraff. They wanted, they saw the Jewish people, the God of the Jewish people, such miracles. They said, 
Egypt is, the idol worshiping is stupid. We want to join the Jewish people. Moses says, God, should I take him? Should I welcome them? God told them, it's up to you. Moses welcomed them. He felt, oh, why not? More people want to cleave to God. That's a good thing. These guys, they with their magical power, turn the gold into a golden calf. And this was the disaster of the golden calf 40 days after they received the Torah from Mount Sinai. 40 days after they saw God and heard God speaking to them, they built a golden calf and called it, here is your God Israel. And this is in all of this is in this parasha. While they're worshiping idols, Moses is still on Mount Sinai. He doesn't know what is happening. There is no six o'clock news. There is no WhatsApp. How he knows what's going on downstairs? God tells him, oh, Moshe, you know what's going on downstairs? It's bad news. The Jewish people are worshiping a golden, you, you people, God tells him, you people are worshiping a golden calf. Your people meant the riffraff. That's their fault. That's your people that you broke out from Egypt. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, when a couple is in a fight, when the child doesn't behave, usually the wife tells the husband, it's your son, go take care of him. Or it's your daughter. Kind of saying, this behavior comes from you. It's just like you, just as bad as you are, she is or he is. Then the same thing is, God is telling Moses, go down because you people are bad. Then when Moses is praying for the Jewish people, he, he tells God, it's Amcha, it's you people, don't throw it on me. And Moses and, and God were like the husband and wife are trying to blame the bad behavior of the children on each other. It's you people, it's your people. This Rabbi, is, yeah. So in the movie, um, they have, I think Dathan is the major bad guy telling the Jewish people to make the golden calf. Is that true? In the, maybe it's in the movie. No, in the Golden Calf, I don't think Dayton was involved in the Golden Calf, as far as I remember. Oh. It was more the, maybe he was also involved because he was involved in every bad thing. But it was the, the Jews, a few Jews got all worked up and they, and it, it was mainly the riffraff. You see, the non-Jews who joined the Jewish people, they were used to idol worshiping. That, that long, as long as Moses was there and his amazing presence was there, his holiness and his charisma, they were all on, on board. <clears throat> Moses is not, Moses is already gone for 40 days. They start to be worried what will happen to him. That they thought, they, that they, they went back to their old ways. What's the old way? Worshipping, idol worshipping, like in, like in Egypt. Let's do what they used to do in Egypt. That's how it came about. Then this is what you're going to learn about the, 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 the what happened when Moses came, God, after God told them, God told them on Mount Sinai, I want to destroy the Jewish people. Moses says, no, 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 please, God, don't do it. What, he told God, you know what he told God? What was the best argument? He told God. If you do it, pull me out of the book. This he told them later, yes. But he told them there, he told them, God, what are the Goyim going to say? What are the Egyptians going to say? That's right. That you took the Jews out from Egypt to kill them, to kill them in the desert. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are the Goyim going to say? Forget about the Jews. But the Goyim, the world, what is going to say? What are you going to gain from it? You wanted to make, to bring in, the, taking the Jews out of Egypt to make a statement that you are the God. Now they say, oh, you took them out from Egypt to kill them in the desert. And if you remember, the Midrashian says that Pharaoh told the Jewish people, don't go to Egypt. Don't go out to the desert. I see blood on you in Egypt. That Egypt will say, aha, we told you don't go out of Egypt. There is blood on you. The astrologers saw blood on the Jews in Egypt, in the desert. Rabbi? Yeah? Does God know how everybody is always, how everyone will always exercise their free will? And the reason, the reason why I ask is, if God knew that the Jews were going to, with the assistance of the Egyptian magicians, make the golden calf and, and engage in idol worship. Why would God have had them gather the gold from the Egyptians when they left? And why would God have told Moses, if you want to let the magicians join you, let them join you, and then become mad when they do exactly what God knew they were going to do? Because it's, a very, it's a very good question. And you're right, when God told Moses, tell the Jews to gather the gold from Egypt, Moses said, Moses didn't want to. 
kind of to beg him. And why Moses was afraid the Jews left too much gold to build a golden calf. And actually in this parsha, when Moses is trying to find another reason why he got us to forgive the Jewish people, okay, he actually tells them that your gold, your, the, the gold that you gave them, they made it. Or, that's your fault. That's a good question. What you see, free choice is free choice. If I don't give you gold and I don't give you medicines, and I don't give you this, and I protect you, and I put you in a cave, you'll be a good boy. That's not the goal. The goal is to live a normal life and to make the right choices. If I sent you to, to, to yeshiva now, and you'll be a very good boy. I can tell you that. I promise you. You'll be a very good boy. You understand what I'm saying? That it's not how it's not to be a good Jew in shul. Mm-hmm. It's how to be a good Jew in your workplace, in your daily life. This is the challenge. Living a life like in paradise, they put you in Montefiore and everybody will be happy. You'll not do any, anything wrong. You'll never, nobody ever killed in Montefiore. Montefiore. Or in another old gym. Nobody ever stole maybe a, a piece of cake based on the neighbor. <laughs> you understand? Life I... is about the challenge. You put him on the, on the, on the road. He has, he has medicines. He has Egyptian. He has gold. And now the question is, what are you going to do? And there'll be a mistake and they will learn from the mistake. Like you tell your kids, you know, the parents are trying to over, to fix, to take care of the kids. No, no, don't do this. And don't do this. And don't do this. And I'll do for you this. And don't do this. They come out, it's you ruin them. You have to put them on the street, let them make their mistake, build themselves up, learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Is that surprise why everybody gets married today by 35? Because until 27, you pamper them. They start to grow up and they are telling that they get married and they are 40. <laughs> Throw them out of the house and they are 18, they will grow up a little faster. That's actually, that's what Moses wanted to do to the Jewish people. That's what he did for 40 years. He pampered the Jewish people. Oh, what do you need? Mana, here is mana. What do you need? Water, here is water. What else do you need? Just, 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 just do, just go. One day they told him, we just don't want to do it. Forget about mana. This, it's all about excuses why we don't want to do it. We just don't want to do it. Didn't help them. If, but, if but, but but why why did God get angry? Like when I hear that God got angry, that implies to me that um, that God didn't know exactly what they were going to do. So, so it's God's reaction to the golden calf that um, I'm wrestling with. If He knows what they're going to do, if He knows tell how me, they're going, tell me, but, tell me, how many times your kids do things that you knew you could are going to do and you still get angry? Just tell yeah. me. Right. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> okay. He's, he's a, what we saying, God is not a physical human being. God gets, it's a disappointment. Anger is a way to the Bible to describe the disappointment of God to tell the Jews that they did a bad thing. You understand what I'm saying? A terrible thing. It's not like the God was so shocked. Oy vey! But he, he was a very, he was, again, the, even the word upset is now you cannot apply to God. But what human being can relate to, God was angry and upset that he gave the golden calf. What that was, as we learned a few weeks ago in one of the classes, that God, the whole golden calf was for the purpose of training. It was a part of the training. That's what it was. On many levels. Okay, uh, we'll read source number one. Um, Steve Kaplan. Thank you. Uh, when God finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, He gave him two tablets of the testimony. They were stone tablets written with God's finger. God God gave him the stone. God made the writing, everything from God. It was a miraculous writing, the whole thing. There are letters were standing in, it was, you can see from all four sides, it was very, was was a godly job, basically. Continue. Moses turned around and began going down the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hand. They were tablets written on both sides with the writing visible from either side. The tablets were made by God and written with God's script engraved on the tablets. Engraved on the tablets. Continue. As he approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, he was angered and he threw down the tablets that were in his hand, shattering them at the foot of the mountain. Well, Moses was angry. He got angry and he broke the tablets. Now you're talking about somebody got angry and lost it. He broke the tablets. Now tell me, if you get angry with your kids 
and you have a very expensive piece uh, dish, a China dish, very, very expensive. The most expensive thing you have in your life. Would you also break it? I've seen it happen. <laughs> but usually that by very crazy people. Usually a person will put it away and break their heads or something <laughs> if they're so angry with them. What I mean to say is, why Moses broke the tablets? God gave them, it was the end, God, God, God's handwritten, God made it, God created it. Well, Moses was just the delivery man, right? He was the UPS guy. What? We're destroying the tablets. You don't like them, give them back to God. Barry, what are you breaking it? At your grandmother's, what are you breaking it? Rabbi, isn't there some story that, that the letters started flying off and they get very, very heavy? At the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a message and the Talmud says it and became heavy. What what means the letters fly fly? They, the, 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 they weren't deserving of the words on the what, what does this mean? The letters didn't flew away. Nothing physically changed. The holiness of the tablets. God was, so to speak, the tablets, if you think about the physical tablets, they're very heavy. Then the tablets, when, when Moses came a physical human being, at sapphire stone, the size it was, the calculation was like a ton, it was very heavy. And Moses can, can schlep such two stones, but because God was, it was like floating, the tablets were floating. The moment the purpose of the tablets was not there, the Jewish people didn't deserve the tablets, God, so to speak, removed himself from it. Then it became stones. Stone, it was heavy, it fell out of his hand. That's what it means. But you say it fell out, it, it fell out of it. The text here, he threw it, he threw it down and he broke it. The question is, why broke it? Why is this a business to break tablets? What's going on here? He got angry. Moses lost it. Moses doesn't lose it. He's not a regular angry father who is losing it. He's breaking the tablets. Must be there is some more to it. Now we're going to learn in source number two, we're going to learn from the end of the Torah. You know, usually we never have a chance to learn because we read it right after, by the end of the holidays, during Sukkot and Yom Kippur, we're so busy with the regular holiday. Who has time to learn the, the end of the Torah? We never have, and right away, we finish Bracha, the end of the Torah, and we start Bereshit. And we start to learn right away Bereshit again. We don't, usually we don't even have time to learn Bereshit. We start from Noah. Then you know these two parashas are falling between the, between the cracks. Today we'll have a chance to learn the last line of the Torah. Let's read, let's see what's written in the last line of Torah. Rabbi, you want to read? Sure. Uh, no other prophet like Moses has arisen in Israel who knew God's face to face. No one else could reproduce the signs and miracles that God let him display in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all his land or any of the mighty acts or great sights that Moses displayed before the eyes of all Israel. This is the last lines in the Bible. Uh, it's written, and Moses died, and there is 12 verses, if I remember correct, a eulogy on Moses. Who wrote the eulogy? There is two opinions. One opinion says that, that uh, Joshua finished the Torah. The other opinion says, and that's the more accepted opinion, then the Torah cannot be finished by somebody else. Moses himself wrote with tears in his eyes. God told him what to write. What is God saying about him? Was never a prophet like Moses. That God spoke to him face to face. And all the miracles and the, the, the signs and the miracles that Moses displayed in front of God in, in, in Egypt. And all, and all, and then he says the last line oh, any of the mighty acts or great sights that Moses displayed before the eyes of Israel. What are the might, the, the, the great signs that, that Moses did? If I would ask you, what are the great signs and all the great things that Moses did? What would you give an example? Splitting of the sea. Splitting of the sea. What else? Plagues and plague. Plague. A little oh. manna from time to time. <laughs> not, a bad, not, a bad, uh, not a small miracle. Every day manna for four years. Not schlecht, right? <laughs> not bad at all. Look what Rashi says. Unusual. Um, Barry, you want to read it? Rabbi, can I have a question? Please. Uh, the, the previous one where it says... Uh, uh, Moses is the only one who knew God face to face. Knew, and you just said that God told Moses face to face. When it says knew or told, that means is it ever 
saying that Moses seen God or he only always heard him. And when he was telling him during the plagues, tell, go and this miracle will happen, whatever, he heard him. Or what is new? What is told? Is it ever uh, somewhere then uh, Moses seen God? I mean, or he only heard him. Okay, How that's very, very good question. Number one, thank you for pointing out a, a new God. Knowing God is a whole different level than just fearing God. Knowing is an intimate relationship. And, and Adam knew Eve, means to have relationship. It's an intimate connection. God knew Moses. Moses knew God. It's a very intimate connection. This is very important to, it's a good that you pointed out. It's not just that he, that he, he, knew, he, he heard them. It was a very intimate relationship. Even a regular human being believes in God, and as he gets older, he gets to know God a little more. There is a verse in the Bible, you should know God, not just to believe in God. Moses knew God. Now you're asking if he saw God. What does this mean to see God? We don't know what means to what, what does even mean to see God. It's written in the Bible, right in the story of the golden calf. After the story, Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God told them, a human being cannot be alive and see my glory. See me. But he saw, and he get to know God face to face. It means like a husband and wife, like a marriage, like an intimate relationship. That only Moses said. Moses was, it's written in Kabbalah, that the difference between every other prophecy and Moses' prophecy, that every other prophet saw it in a dream, in a vision, Moses was awake in full senses and got spoke to. It was on a whole different level, my man decides. Then whatever it was, it was in, in for sure, until Mount Sinai was one level of revelation. For Mount Sinai was a much higher level of revelation. You understand? And Mount Sinai, when Moses saw the Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, that was a whole different level. He didn't eat and he didn't drink for 40 days. Obviously, it was like, the Talmud says he was like an angel. But it's not just he, he spoke to God, he knew God. That's a very important uh, point. Thank you for bringing this out. He knew God. That's a whole different story. If you know, you know, how many, we, we meet many people. We talk to many people. How many people we know? As I mentioned many times, when your wife tells you, no, I really know who you are. And usually it's not a compliment. But it means, then, <laughs> but knowing means, as you're getting together more and more years, we really know each other. You know two people in the world, three people. How many people you really can say, I really know it, okay? And that's what Moses with God was. A level that no prophet before it and no prophet after it got this, this type of relationship. Okay, Barry, you want to read the, the Rashi? Who knew God face to face? Who knew God face to face? Moses felt familiar with God, speaking with him whenever he wished. boy, gas boy. This is an expression that you say about husband and wife. That's 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 exactly what I just we just talked about. Go ahead. Any of the mighty acts, this refers to receiving the tablets in his hands. The great sights, this refers to the miracles and wonders in the wilderness. And before, here comes the last lines of the Rashi from the whole Torah. Before what he did before the eyes of all Israel, continue. Before the eyes of all Israel, this refers to the incident where he was stirred to smash the tablets before their eyes, as it is said, I shattered them before your eyes. God approved. The verse states, the first tablets which you shattered, as the Talmud explains it, God said to Moses, well done for shattering them. You see, here, the last thing, what, if you would never think about it, what is the great thing that Moses did? He broke the tablets? Whoa. Spilling the sea, eh, small small coins, bringing down mana, nothing, templates, <laughs> breaking the, eating the rack and taking out water from a rack. Who did such things ever? Nothing. What the guy said, what he did, he broke the tablets. Breaking, I know many people know how to break things. No, to build something is very hard to break. It's very easy. Why is this considered the most important thing that Moses did? He broke the tablets. Not he made, bought down the, before he says, the Rashi says here, what is it in any of the mighty acts? 
This refers to receiving the tablets. That I understand. He bought the tablets to the Jewish people. It's an amazing thing. Breaking the tablets. I know many people who can volunteer to break things. And, and here he says that God approved. Means he didn't ask God before. He says, God, should I break the tablets? He broke the tablets. Lucky Moses, God was happy with that. What is happening? Why is it such a big thing? Why was God happy with that? The best proof that God was happy with that is that he gave him another set. Moses did not know when he broke the tablet that he will get another set. He might never get another set. He will never have two tablets. He might have the Ten Commandments, but another, another, not having another set of tablets. He discovered that later God told him, make another set of tablets as you want that you broke, Asher Shibato. And it, I, it said that uh, it was not translated evil. You know what God told them? Yashar Koach. You know, in the synagogue, we say yeah. Yashar Koach. Well done. That's what Yashar Koach means. The word Yashar Koach in the Talmud, I think the first time, I think, I'm not such a genius, but I think it's the first time referred about God telling Moses Yashar Koach for breaking the tablets. Yeah. Okay. Then the Rebbe, that was a talk that the Rebbe gave on Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah was, we used to, was the highlight of being by the Rebbe was Simchas Torah. The rest of the year was amazing. Oh. Every minute was amazing by the Rebbe. But Simchas Torah by the Rebbe, it was, it was, it was the best, the best thing can ever be. I mean, it was the joy and the happiness. There were 10,000 people in the show and the excitement before Akafot was a Fabringen. From nine o'clock in the evening until midnight, the Rebbe was a Fabringen, the Rebbe talks, and then there is singing and Lechaim and talk and another talk, deep discussions. By midnight, the Rebbe goes out to his room and there is a break and the whole synagogue is being turned around upside down. And by one o'clock in the morning, the Rebbe comes into Akafot, begins Akafot one o'clock in the morning. Then they start the Atore, so, and the, the, the verses, and then they start the dancing. By three, three thirty, four o'clock, Akafot is over. And then the Rebbe leaves, but everybody else is dancing all night. And Lechaim's, it was unbelievable. Then this talk was said that night, I was there, and the Rebbe was speaking about this story. What, what, what is so big about Moses breaking the tablets? Okay, Wendy, you want to start to read? Can breaking the tablets be greater than receiving them? The Torah concludes with the words before the eyes of all Israel. Rashi explains this refers to the incident where he was stirred to smash the tablets before their eyes. As it is said, I shattered them before your eyes. God approved. The verse states the first tablets which you, which you shattered, as the Talmud explains it, God said to Moses, well done for shattering them. Mm -hmm. It's very bizarre. Mm -hmm. In this section, in this section, the Torah sings Moses' praise. No other prophet like Moses has arisen in Israel who knew God face to face. No one else could reproduce the signs and miracles that God let him display in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all his land, or any of the mighty acts or great sights that Moses displayed before the eyes of all Israel. The notion that the words before the eyes of all Israel is a reference to the breaking of the tablets. He was stirred to smash the tablets before their eyes. Seems to be the very opposite of the literal understanding of the text, which speaks of Moses's virtues. It is true that God approved of his decision to break the tablets, and he does deserve credit for sensing God's will, but we still do not view the actual breaking of the tablets as a positive occurrence. Okay. The question is, what is going on here? The only, the best thing that Moses did is breaking tablets. Fine, God approved for it. Fine, good thing. He, by the way, to know what God wants, is, it's a big achievement. <laughs> it's not such a small thing to know without God telling you what God wants from you. That, by the way, that's the real achievement. You learn enough Torah, you're enough of a Jew that you know what's, what's right and what's wrong without looking in the book, so to speak. You know already, your mind be, start to think like a Jew. And you know what God wants from you, what God will like, what God will not like. Like a couple, they can say about each other, oh, I know she will like this, he will like this, he likes this food, he will like this present, she will like this. The more you get intimate, 
it's that Moses was intimate with God. He knew what God, what that, that, that God would like it. Or to say that this is the greatest thing that Moses did, breaking the tablet. What's so exciting about breaking the tablets? Sometimes you have no choice. You have to make the tablet. What, what's, what is it? Um, Michael, you want to continue? Why? You have to unmute yourself, Michael. Thank yep. you. Why does Russia understand the verse as a reference to the breaking of the tablets? From the perspective of Torah's literal meaning, other commentators seem more on track. As they explain it, before the eyes of all Israel has no independent meaning. It's merely a continuation of the preceding description of the mighty acts or great sight that Moses did before the eyes of all Israel. Mm -hmm. These final words come after a long litany of Moses' feats. He knew God's face to face. He was able to converse with God whenever he desired. He performed amazing miracles in Egypt. He did mighty acts, a reference to receiving the tablets. He showed great sights, a reference to the miracles he did in the desert. His greatest feat, uh, the one listed at the air end, cannot possibly be his choice to break the tablets. That will indicate not only was a positive thing, but moreover, it was far greater than any of the miracles he did during their 40 years in the desert. Okay, you see what is going on here? He says that it must be, we say there is before, there's a whole eulogy about Moses. The great things that he did, he knew God, then he spoke to God whenever he wanted, and he made miracles. From, and then you say, and what is the greatest thing? He broke the tablets. We are missing something. Must be something about breaking the tablets that we don't know. If this is the highest thing, after all being said and done, must be there is something unique there that we are missing. That's what the Rebbe is trying to figure out. What is it about breaking the tablet? Then it's bigger than speaking to God. Then speaking, it's written there was a ne um, um, never um, um, Moses. He was a servant of God. Moses got the title a servant of God, and he and he and he and he spoke to God. Was never a prophet like him before, and a prophet after him. All the good things and all the miracles that he made, and he, and Ra as Rashi says, and he received the tablets. That's nice. What was the bigger thing? He broke the tablet. Um, Olga, you want to continue? Unmute yourself, please. It would be even greater than the fact that he received those very tablets. Could breaking the tablets be greater than receiving them? That is unthinkable. That receiving the tablet is not a big thing. The breaking the tablets, oh, that's a big achievement. Now we'll read, <laughs> read source number three. God said to Moses, <clears throat> carve out two tablets for yourself, just like the first ones. I will write on those tablets the same words that were on the first tablet that you broke. Here God, this is the, <coughs> I'm sorry. This is after the breaking of the tablets. This is in God, after forgiving the Jews for the golden calf, God tells Moses, please build a prepare a new set of tablets and this time you prepare the stones and I will, and, and you will bring it up to the Mount Sinai. No, the message says, why well, I told them you prepare the stone. He said, you, well, boy, you, it's like you walk it a little too quick. If you walk in it, you'll not break it so fast. But he tells the mirror, and I'll put, I'll put on the tablet the same words of the, what, you, what, what was the first tablet that you broke. Here is Rashi saying this. Rashi explains, why Moses broke the tablets? Carve for yourself. Continue. Carve for yourself. You broke the first tablets. You carve out other, um, others for yourself. That's what I told you from the Medesh. You broke the first one. You prepare the second one. Next time you not break it so fast. Here is what he said. Here is the, the real explanation. Go ahead. This is comparable to a king who went off to a faraway land and left his bride with the maidservants. The immoral behavior of the maidservants tarnish the um, betrothed uh, reputation. Uh, her bride, uh, bridesman arose and tore up her marriage contract saying, if the king decides to kill her, I will tell him she is not yet your wife. You see what is happening? The king had a wife. He already wrote for her a ktuba 
and the, and the messenger had to, had to uh, he had a ktuba in his hand, basically. And she had a relations with another man. He says, if the king comes back and he hears that he will kill her. He told, the, he told the contact and he says, she was never married. I'll tell him, she's not your wife yet. What do you want? What are you screaming? Nothing in writing. Continue. The, king the king's investigation found that only the maidservants had behaved immorally. He was uh, reconciled with the, his bride. The bridesman said to the king, write her another marriage contract for the first one was torn up. The king replied to him, you are the one who tore it up. You buy another paper for yourself and I will write it for her in my handwriting. Okay, the, okay, what's the, the, what is the, finish this paragraph. Um, hold on one second. Um, the king is God. Okay, the king is God. The maidservants are the mixed uh, multitude. The uh, bridesman is modest and God's betrothed to is Israel. Uh, therefore, it says, carve for yourself. What is Rashi saying here? Rashi says here something amazing. God married the Jewish people. He married the Jews. And he gave them, he gave them, he wrote for them the Ketuba. The Ketuba was the two tablets. And then he goes out of town, God, so to speak, for five minutes. And, they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and came out a bad name about the bride, that she runs around with other men. But really, who sinned in the golden calf mainly? The, the maidservant, so to speak. The multitude, the riffraff, the magicians who came out from Egypt, they instigated the whole thing. And God, God comes, he's so upset. And God, basically, Moses tells him, where is it? Where is it? He broke the tablet to save the Jewish people. What's written in the, in the tablet? Do not worship, in God, do not worship idols. If it's, if it's written in the tablet and they receive the two tablets, they deserve that, you understand? Then God, before he delivered it to the Jewish people, he broke the tablets. Moses says they never received the tablet. What are you screaming about? What are you angry about? What is the right for you, God, to destroy the Jewish people? As I told you in the beginning, when Moses, when God told Moses that uh, uh, the, the Jewish people worship a golden calf, he wanted to destroy the Jewish people. That Moses knew if he delivers the contract, if he delivers the ktuba to the end of the bride, they're in big trouble. He took the tablet and he broke them. Since there is no, he had to destroy the evidence. You understand? It's not enough that they didn't receive it. He tore the paper. No paper. It's not written on the tablets that you, that, that, that you, they never received the tablets. It's never in writing. What you told me and what you said on Mount Sinai, on Mount Sinai, God spoke in singular. I am your God. God said, Moses said to God, you spoke to me. It was a private conversation. The Jewish people overheard the conversation. You spoke in singular. I am your God. God said, you said it to me. They didn't understand you talked to them. The bottom line is, as long as there's nothing in writing, they don't deserve that. And because of that, God wanted, Moses decided to, destroy, to break the tablets. Let's see it how the Rebbe explains. This is the point that the Rebbe is explaining. Um, Oleg, you want to continue? Sure. The, the answer lies in Rashi's earlier comments where uh, he explains the reasons for breaking of the tablets. What uh, God commands Moses to fashion two new tablets, Rashi states, this isn't comparable to a king who went off to a faraway land and left his bride with a maidservant. The immoral behavior of maidservant tarnished the betrothed reputation. Her bridesmen across arose and tore up the marriage contract, saying, If the king declares to kill her, I will tell him she is not yet your wife. The king is God. The maidservants are the mixed multitudes. The bridesmen is Moses. And God's betrothed is Israel. Mm -hmm. This explanation could help us understand, understand how Moses could be praised for taking the initiative to break the tablets. To uh, preface, the Rashi parable doesn't seem to explain why Moses took the liberty to break, uh, to break the table uh, tablets. These tablets are uh, 
macrocosms of the entire Torah. They were God personal handiwork as opposed to a second tablets which were fashioned by Moses before being engraved by God. These tablets were fashioned by God himself. The Rebbe is trying to say, <clears throat> let's say God wanted to save the, uh, Moses wanted to save the Jewish people. Why still he broke the tablets? It was fashioned by God. The second tablets, the stones were made by Moses and God was writing the writing. Here God made them the stones too. Continue. How Moses, now, in, now, Moses. yeah, now Moses' entire identity was the Torah. He, no doubt, had a perfect understanding of Torah. So he was sure, uh, surely able to <clears throat> appreciate the sublime nature of the Torah, especially those first tablets fashioned by God himself. So, he, so the question must be asked, true. It is important to defend the Jewish people, but nevertheless, how could Moses destroy the tablets that were fashioned and given to him by God himself? The answer okay. is that- Then it says, is, you're right, he wanted to save, to save the Jewish people, but the Torah, Moses was, what was Moses? He called Moses Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses our teacher. The whole identity of Moses that he received the Torah from, from God. Moses, he, if there was nobody else on earth who was able to appreciate the two tablets more than Moses. It's true you have to save the Jewish people, but breaking the tablets? To go so far? And here comes the Ed, here comes the explanation. Ed seems you want to read? The answer is that the people of Israel always come first. Here is the punchline, my friend. Ed. The, entire, the en entire purpose of the Torah, beginning with that first set of tablets, was for the sake of the people of Israel. As we read throughout the Torah, command the people of Israel, speak to the people of Israel. It is all about the Jewish people. Therefore, the moment their reputation was tarnished and they were in harm's way, God forbid, didn't, Moses didn't hesitate. He didn't consult with anyone, not even God, and he shattered the tablets, tablets that had been fashioned by God himself. The ultimate purpose of Torah is to uncover the essence of the Jewish people. So in the event that the result might be the opposite, God forbid, and you were forced to choose between Torah and the Jewish people, there is no place for hesitation. Moses immediately proceeded to break the tablets, the Torah, for the sake of the Jewish people. Okay, see what's going on here? He had the Torah, he had the Jewish people. One of them is kind of going to suffer. Or we're going to lose the Torah, he didn't know he's going to get another set. Or he's going to lose the Torah, or he might lose the Jewish people. Moses was standing at the dilemma of his life, of history. And he said, if it's no, if there is no Jewish people, I don't need the Torah. The whole purpose of the Torah is to command the Jewish, is to give the Jewish people a way of life. It's for the Jewish people to connect to God. If I don't have the Jewish people, who needs the Torah? that he was ready to break the Torah for the sake of the Jewish people. He was ready to risk his own identity, his own life. Maybe God will be upset with him, he'll kill him because of that. He says, no matter what will happen, not only kill him physically, if Moses is misdelivering the job, is like ruining the mission, he's lost in this world, in the world to come forever and ever. He's done with God. And Moses was ready to do anything it takes to save the Jewish people. For him, the Jewish people were number one before everything. Now, many people can say, oh, for me, the Jewish people are important because the Torah is not important enough for us. For Moses, the, the Torah was all his identity and he appreciated what the Torah is. And even though, and he received the two tablets, he was 40 days at Mount Sinai starving, not eating and not drinking for 40 days and 40 nights. That was the ultimate he was waiting from the day God told him to take the Jews out of Egypt. He told him, you come to this mountain, yourself God on this mountain, I'll give you the two thousand. That was the ultimate of all ultimates. And he comes down and he sees Jews are worshiping idols, he breaks the tablet. Because if it was a question by Moses, who is more important? The Jewish, the Jewish people are more important. It's like a, a new revelation for me. Uh, here's, here's the question I have. Uh, you know, if I uh, uh, if I had a moral question, I would you know if I wouldn't know the answer, I would follow 
rabbinical Judaism as a, as a way to, to try to get an answer to a, a question. And now, uh, in a sense, you're saying even that it could be overseed by the needs of Jewish people. <laughs> if you see the, if you see there's, you know, um, there's a greater benefit to the people, you probably may have to do something different. Yeah, but you have to be modest for it before you make something. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> but it's for not, example, but it's for, not example, like for everyone. Okay. For example, I'll give you a little political example. Not that I want to get politically, but just as an example, I make a point. Just an example. <laughs> you know, I people ask me, I tell people that for me, I'm on one issue of water. I want to know who is going to be better for Israel. But this president is not good for America, and he's not good for this, and he's gone to finance, and he's got yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. But I learned from Moses: the Jewish people come first. Now, many people will disagree with me, and they will give me explanations that if it's not good for America, ultimately it will not be good for Israel. I'm not even going. But the point is, who is first? That's a question. Who is first? But it's not like I can throw the whole Judaism out and flush down the toilet because my wife is a little upset this morning. You understand? That's what I'm saying. It's, you have to be a Moses to make the decision. But in general, this is the concept. But the point here is not so much the Moses made the decision between the Torah and the Jewish people. It's the sacrifice that Moses made. He was able, he might die. It might lose his purpose. It might be gone, banished from God forever. That's the accomplishment. To sacrifice the Torah for the Jew, for another Jew is very easy. To sacrifice myself for the Jewish people, that's the harder part. Yeah, I'm ready to sacrifice anybody else and anything else for, for somebody else, but for my, myself, five minutes of my comfort, that's a different story. Even Moses didn't, Moses was, an, Moses' identity was the Torah. Destroying the two tablets means destroying himself, you understand? That's like somebody who is a famous uh, poet or a famous uh, musician, and he takes all of his identity, and he's he takes his uh, violin that he wore, he played it all his life, he throws it in the water to jump to save a life. You understand that? That's what happened. Mm -hmm. Who is the most famous violin? There is a guy now who is a very famous player. What's his name? I forgot, a Jewish guy. You know it's Clark Perlman, right? Yeah, thank you. It's like Perlman, you saved me. I was once by, by performance, he was in Washington in honor of the Rebbe. Can you imagine it's like Perlman? And let's, say, let's say he has a he has a instrument that this is his life and he walked on it all his life. And he stands by the water and he sees a child drowning and he and, and there is he cannot do both of them. He throws it in the water and he jumps and saves the life. That's a sacrifice. And that's what happened here. Moses took the tablet that was his whole identity, his whole essence of Moses was the two tablets, the Torah. He broke the tablets to save the Jewish people. That's an achievement. To give up an all the Seder for this year, Pesach, my wife is in a bad mood and therefore we're not doing Pesach this year. That's easy, I know, I can do this too. Doesn't take a Moses, hey, even I can do it. Hmm. <laughs> now, I, it's, good you, no, Oleg, it's good that you brought up the point, but I was afraid people, it's very important to clarify this issue. You go ahead, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm making comparisons here that, that don't wash, but I'm, so Moses ch uh, chose the Jewish people over Torah. Um, Pinchas or Maccabee chose Torah at least over individual Jews, perhaps to save the Jewish people as a whole. But, but why do we sort of uh, applaud Moses for choosing the people over Torah, but we, we think about Pinchas and Maccabee and the like? No, first of all, who is greater, Pinchas or Moses? Well, Moses, sure. Sure, obviously that's the right way. Yeah. Number two, Iri, he killed one person to, to save the whole Jewish people. That was the only way to do it. But uh -huh. Moses, maybe if Moses would do it, he would do it in a better way. <laughs> I don't know. But the Maccabees, it's also, it's, it's easy It's easy to, it <laughs> still was a very hard choice. But here Moses destroyed his whole identity, his whole essence. He's gone. Moses without the Torah is like he's wiped himself out. He's just a body. There is nobody home. It's like a guy who was a genius and became and got a, um, what is called, he called a, he, he started to be forgetful. And he forgot Amnesia. everything. Huh? Amnesia. 
he got amnesia exactly thank you and he and he forgot everything and suddenly you look at this person this genius this unbelievable teacher writer speaker everything is wrong that's Moses we're breaking the tablets he is gone Moses would be gone for good if, if without the tablets God saved and gave him another set of tablets but Moses didn't think for a second he said it's a question with the Jewish people I'm saving the Jewish people that's an achievement oh, where are we um, so what is what is more achievement how you sound like what's a bigger achievement for Moses to taking Jews out of uh, slavery from Egypt or breaking the tablets giving up every is all identity breaking the tablet to save the Jewish people that's the biggest achievement going against God not knowing that God will agree going against God destroying his all identity completely he would never be mentioned in history forever that's it is gone Moses is gone the Moses that we would know would be gone for good. We never heard from him. Not only we would never hear from him, he himself, his whole life would be gone. Moses at that time was eight years old. He was in, in a, how many Jews? Not many Jews worshiped idols. The whole thing, they were killed 3,000 Jews, 3,000 people. And many of them were the riffraff. But if he would not take uh, them out of Egypt, then it will be no Jews. That's true. This is true. <laughs> that's, that's why it was important to him to save the Jews. But the point is, when you have the dilemma, the Torah or the Jews, myself or the Jews, you're ready to sacrifice everything to save another Jew. Go ahead. We are we for heaven's sake? And, and Moreover, I think. Moreover? Okay, Steve, you continue. Me? Yeah. Moreover, the breaking of the tablets was worthwhile even to save just a small portion of the people of Israel, the most immoral among them, those who transgressed with the golden calf. The idea that someone's good name could be tarnished is only relevant among human beings who make mistakes. God knew all along that the real debauchery was only among the maidservants, the mixed multitude, as he told Moses clearly when he instructed him to go down the mountain and deal with the issue. Moses too, the true shepherd of Israel knew that the people of Israel were incapable of fashioning a golden calf. The minority who did reach that state did so only under the influence of the maidservants, the mixed multitudes. Thus the incident posed no danger to the entire people of Israel, God forbid, but only to the small minority who sinned with the golden calf. Nonetheless, to defend the small minority who sinned and to ensure that they will be welcomed back into the fold Moses didn't hesitate to break the tablets. Yeah, that's even for these few people, he, he, he broke the tablets. Not for many, not for the old entire Jewish people. Now continue. Here comes a very interesting thing. Source number four. Two things preceded the creation of the world: Torah and the people of Israel. Who came first? Torah contains references to the people of Israel. Man, the people of Israel, speak to the people of Israel. Clearly, the people of Israel come first. This is a quote from a book. It's called Tanot Velio, the teachings of Elijah. Elijah came to a rabbi, Rav Anan, his name, a Talmudic rabbi, used to reveal himself and teach him Torah. And this is one of the quotes that he was teaching him Torah. He was, Rav Anan was living many, many years after Elijah was alive as a prophet. Elijah turned after he died. He didn't die, he disappeared. He turned into, a, into an angel. He comes to, to the Seder. He comes to every breeze. This Rav Anan was getting Torah teachings from Elijah, and the book it's written. I have the book in my house. It's called Tonot Velio, the teaching of the story of the Yeshiva of Elijah, so to speak. Then, in one of the things that Elijah said to him, two things that came are, are before the creation of the world, so to speak. God had in mind two things before He created the world: the Jews and the Torah. And I don't know who is who is, who is earlier. Who is more important? Who comes first? When he says that in the Torah it's written, tell the children of Israel, speak to the children of Israel, command it. Obviously, it's about Israel, it's about the Jews. Um, continue. Uh, breaking the tablets was Moses' greatest act. So the breaking of the tablets demonstrates a great virtue in Moses, and in fact, his greatest virtue of all. After Torah lists the amazing feats of Moses, speaking to God face to face, performing the miracles in Egypt, receiving the Torah and more miracles throughout their sojourn in the desert, Torah concludes with the greatest virtue of all, 
For the sake of the Jewish people, he didn't hesitate to break the tablets, a greater virtue than all the amazing feats he accomplished, including the fact that he received the very same Torah. The greatest achievement of Moses, the faithful shepherd of Israel, was that he jeopardized his entire identity, the Torah, to defend a small portion of his flock, the people of Israel who had fallen into sin. The Torah is Moses' essence, yet he didn't hesitate to break the precious tablets, which were fashioned by God himself, to defend those who had transgressed with the golden calf. This is the virtue of a Jewish leader. He recognizes the essential value in his people, which supersedes the Torah, and is therefore ready to break the tablets for their sake. This virtue is greater than all the others. All the other feats were accomplished with talents that were given to him by God. As the Alter Rebbe explained, Moses humbly felt that if God were have, would have given those talents to someone else, he would have executed the task more ably. But the decision to break the tablets didn't come from a God-given power. It was his own idea, and God approved of it. You see what's going on here? Yeah. The breaking the tablet, that was the biggest virtue. Go ahead. Um, um, Barry, you can continue. I don't hear you. Unmute yourself. Go ahead. Breaking the tablets to defend the people of Israel is the greatest expression of Moses' love for his fellow Jew. Moses was a lover of Israel. The Talmud says, he didn't hesitate and immediately shattered the tablets to protect his people. Moses did this act before the eyes of all Israel. They all witnessed how he broke it to teach us the importance of loving our fellow. He endeavored to implant within us a true sense of Ahavet Israel. Moses did that in front of everybody. Why did it in front? To teach the Jewish people that saving another Jew is more important, your biggest essence and the most important identity of your life. I remember when the Rebbe spoke this talk, he was so emotional about it because this was really the Rebbe's essence. He sacrificed every minute of his day, every minute of his life to help an individual Jew. He stopped everything that he did to help a schlepper from Schleppland that came and, and begged them for something. Didn't make a difference to the person is. Every Jew was like his own child. And therefore, only he can come up with this explanation and pointing out this thing. I remember when the Rebbe spoke it, he, the building was shaking. The Rebbe was kind when he said it. He says there are two, two things he quoted the, from what, what Elijah taught this rabbi from the book Tanad Velio. There are two things that were before the, the Jewish people. And I don't know who is first before the, before the world. Who is more important? Who comes first, the Jews or, or the Torah? Comes, comes Elijah and says, and I say Elijah says, the Jewish people come first. Only somebody who gave his life for the Jewish people, literally every second of his life and sacrificed everything that he has for this, can say it. And when the Rebbe said that, it was, it was engraved in all his, everybody was in the room forever and ever. Anybody was in this talk will never forget this talk of the Rebbe. Because it was, he basically took out his whole heart and he says, it's all about helping another Jew. It's not about you, you quicker throw your whole identity in the water. You destroy everything that you know and everything that you care to save one person. And that's what it's all about. Today, this question is not so simple. When Miriam is asking kids, if you have a dog that you have to save from the water drowning and a baby, who comes first? The answers are not clear. When you remember the, the what was in, in, in Columbus and in, fell into, into the water in, 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 the, in the zoo, you remember the story a few years ago? Mm -hmm. A baby fell in the zoo, it was a gorilla there? Gorilla. Gorilla, and they had to shot the gorilla to save the baby. Thousands mm -hmm. of people were angry on Facebook, were ready to kill the guy who made the decision. This, it's not clear today's, in today's world what's more important. And this is a lesson that Moses broke the tablets in front of everybody. Nothing more important than somebody else. Your whole Torah, your whole identity, your whole life work. Can you imagine a guy who writes a book and this is his life and everything, and he throws everything, his whole writings, his handwritten job, work that he broke the whole life is to throw it in the water to save a baby. He was, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jews who worship titles, a small group, 3,000 people. Many of them were multitude. 
the, 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 the non-Jews who, who joined the Jewish people. Moses for them was ready to destroy everything just to save the Jewish people. This is a lesson how I am known, I'm the last on the line. You see another Jew is in need, drop what you do. Nothing is important, go take care of him. And all of us have these dilemmas once in a blue moon here and there. And at least, you know, if this, te this teaching when inspire us one more time to do something right, it was worth it. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Great. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Mm -hmm. Hard choices. <laughs>